really matters? That might be the most important question you can ask. So let's talk about it. Welcome to What Really Matters podcast with your host, Karen Wyatt, the show where we talk about everyday spirituality. I'm glad you're here with me for this episode, which is the fourth part and final part in a series I've been sharing with you called The Dance of Life and Death. We've already talked about timing, balance, and rhythm, and today's episode features a discussion about grace, which is a topic near and dear to my heart. If you haven't listened to the previous three episodes, you might want to go back now and listen to those because uh, this, this talk on grace really kind of ties up the whole topic of this dance of life and death. So I hope you find something here that you can use on your own path as you are journeying forward toward higher consciousness, toward deeper meaning in your life. In this series, I've been comparing life and death to two partners who are locked into an eternal dance together, uh, dependent upon one another, but always moving together in harmony. And so I've talked about elements of dance and how they apply to this idea of life and death and how they work and flow together. So I've already talked about timing, balance, and rhythm in the first three episodes. Today I'm talking about grace, which is a lovely word and one of my favorite topics to contemplate. And the meaning of grace when applied to dance is obvious. Grace describes movement, moving with ease and suppleness. But for a couple moving together, moving in harmony and unity, each step and each turn and each bend or motion coordinated and synchronized together. I think grace is a beautiful description of, of how life and death can move and flow together. But the word grace has many other meanings as well. And so it's an interesting thing to talk about it from each different perspective of other meanings the word can have. So not only does grace apply to movement, but grace can also mean mercy or forgiveness. So it's often used in a religious context, the grace of God that pours down upon us. It can mean divine assistance where through the grace of, of something greater than us, we receive help and the right things happen, kind of a serendipity or synchronicity that happens at the right time to assist us when we are in need. It can also mean a short prayer of thanks, the grace that we say before meals. So I love it that this one word has so many different connotations to it, and we use it in many different ways in our language. And I think it's important to be able to apply it in all of those perspectives when we're looking at life and death. And so to begin with this idea of moving with ease and suppleness as a form of grace, Throughout my life, I've always had an image for myself of wanting to live 
lightly upon the earth. And I can now say, as I've had many years to contemplate death as well as life, I really strive to have my death as well as my life be filled with dignity and grace. I long to live and die in a way that is gentle, has ease about it, and has a flow to it that makes it comfortable for me, but also for other people who are going through the process. I also, when I talk about living lightly, I'm referring to my desire to not take from the earth or from others or from life itself more than I actually need. I want to live in a place of spareness, I guess I could say, and responsibility where I receive whatever I need for my life, but I don't take or demand or ask for more than that. I take what is needed and use that to build my own life of beauty. And so that for me is how I look at this idea of living gracefully upon the earth and also dying with grace. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of the things that we can do, uh, some steps that we can take to help us work toward living and dying with grace. But one aspect of grace I wanted to emphasize is that Grace is always something that is given to us freely. Grace is a gift. It isn't earned. It isn't asked for. It's given freely. And I found an anonymous quote online that I really love that says, watch a flower opening in the morning. Just go on watching. This is grace. There is no effort at all. The flower just moves according to nature. And so I believe that being in a state of grace really is like nature being in the flow, the energy of the universe, the energy of nature, and allowing yourself to move with the flow of it, to accept whatever is unfolding, whatever is happening next, and let natural movement occur in life and in death. So I love that beautiful imagery that grace is like a flower growing on its own. There's no effort involved. There's no reward system. There's no deserving or earning its growth. The flower is just participating in the flow of nature and the flow of energy and creativity that takes place. So I also like thinking about that in, in terms of my idea of living lightly and gently and gracefully upon the earth and also dying in that same state. It's as natural as a flower blossoming in the sunlight and it's, it happens effortlessly. And again, we'll talk more about how do you get to a place where you can participate in a graceful life and a graceful death, because I do have some suggestions for that. But I wanted to share a really powerful insight that I had when I was watching the Broadway musical Dear Evan Hansen. And uh, I, I won't really go into the story of that particular show because that would take us off on a tangent somewhere else. But there is a song in the show called You Will Be Found. And the lyrics for this song just just uh, from one verse of the song says, even when the dark comes crashing through, when you need a friend to carry you 
And when you're broken on the ground, you will be found. And the message of the song is a message of encouragement and to know even in our darkest days and hours that we will be found. And I interpret it as grace that finds us because in some ways, grace has already found us. We are already held in the arms of grace. We've already received this grace as being part of creation, part of the universe. We're here, we're living beings. We've already been found. It's just that when we're in the midst of our darkness, we don't always know that we are found. And that harkens also to the song Amazing Grace that says, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Again, informing us that it's this grace of the universe. I mean, it can be grace of a God or a divine being, if you like to think of it that way. But Grace can also just be being within the energetic flow of nature and the universe. We're already part of it. We've already been found. Though in our dark times, in our fear and loneliness, we sometimes feel alone. We don't feel the connections we have with other living things, with nature, with other people, with the universe. We can become blind to those connections. And that's when we begin to be afraid and feel despair and discouragement. But we can take some hope in the fact that we are already being held. We're already here. Our lives are already here, cherished and sheltered in grace. And we merely need to learn how to open our eyes in order to see it. We merely need to let enough light in to be able to see that we're not alone and we're not in despair. And so I think of this in terms of when, when we're looking at the fact that we're mortal and the fact that we will die someday, which for some of us is a very frightening reality to contemplate. Death itself feels like the ultimate isolation, the ultimate loneliness when we leave what we have known here on this planet uh, for the unknown. And when the unknown appears to be all darkness, we don't know enough about it to have any idea what awaits us after the death of the physical body, if anything. And so to contemplate that moment of death can create a great deal of despair and fear within us. But we must remember the presence of grace and the fact that we're already held in grace. We've already been found. Already, we're not alone. We're not abandoned. We're not isolated. And our death will not change that. When death comes, it's a transition of our energy, but it's not going to change the fact that we've been found, that we are part of this universe, this nature, this life as a whole, and the grace that it offers to us. And so as I sat in the audience listening to that beautiful song, You Will Be Found, during Dear Evan Hansen, I was just so moved by the line again, and when you're broken on the ground, you will be found. And so that even in our darkest times, even when everything appears to be falling apart, we need to remember grace and that grace always finds us. There's another quote I want to share with you. This is by Anne Lamott. And she writes, 
I do not understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are and does not leave us where it found us. And so this underscores again that grace finds us, or it's actually that we wake up to discover that we were already found by grace. And grace itself accompanies us on our journey. It helps guide us and lead us to our next steps. After we become broken on the ground, after we go through dark times, after we've experienced that, when we're able to open to the flow of grace again in our lives, we can move forward to whatever is meant to come next. And grace accompanies us on that journey. Grace is always there for us offering us support, offering us energy, creativity, love, all of that flows through grace. But also through grace comes forgiveness. And in a religious sense, this is usually talked about as forgiveness from God that comes from God. But I don't find it necessary to think of it that way because all of us practice forgiveness. And forgiveness is a necessary step in life that all of us need to learn and to to practice in order to be here gracefully, in order to live lightly upon the earth. And so I had another insight when I was watching the musical Hamilton, because there's a beautiful sub story within the story of Hamilton, which is about the death of Alexander Hamilton's son. And he dies in a duel uh, when he's defending his father's honor. And so I love it that uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda chose to include this episode from Alexander Hamilton's life. And he really showed the devastation and the brokenness of Alexander and his wife, Eliza, as they coped with the death of their son, Philip. And uh, it, it broke apart their relationship initially. And there was another lovely song in that musical. It's called It's Quiet Uptown. Uh, but it talks about this idea of grace and forgiveness. During the song, it's depicting Alexander walking alone, just bearing the weight of his terrible grief and and the disruption that's happened in his in his marriage life and his career um, because of the grief over his son's death. And the lyrics from this song say, there are moments that the words don't reach. There is suffering too terrible to name. And again, a little later on, the chorus repeats, there are moments that the words don't reach. There is grace too powerful to name. And it goes on to say, forgiveness, can you imagine forgiveness? And so in the, in the musical, it's depicting Eliza and Alexander coming together again in forgiveness. But the song underscores this, they are going through the unimaginable. And um, oh, I love that word unimaginable being applied to such deep and devastating grief as the loss of a child. It's simply unimaginable. Nothing can prepare us for that kind of crisis in our lives, for that kind of breaking apart and destruction that can, that can take place in life. And yet it shows 
this couple as they work through the pain together, they work through the blame that they may have felt toward themselves and toward one another to find a place of forgiveness. And again, the lyrics of the musical name this forgiveness a grace, a grace that's too powerful to even name or talk about. Um, So I wanted to emphasize that aspect of grace as well. The ability to forgive another person and the ability to let go of blame for the deep pain that life can cause us. That is a form of grace. It's not earned. It's not deserved. It's given freely. And that's the power of forgiveness. When we give it freely to another person in order to restore harmony, in order to return to grace, to return to the natural flow of life, that is is pure beauty and pure love. And so once again, there I sat in the theater watching this profound story unfold on stage and hearing these lyrics, knowing at that time that I'm going to be recording this episode on grace and feeling like, wow, I just got this inspiration of something that I need to share, that I need to repeat when I'm talking about grace. So this is the idea of grace as ultimate forgiveness of ourselves, forgiveness of life, forgiveness of God, forgiveness of other people, forgiveness for or the flow of life and what it brings to us, which sometimes is unimaginable and unbearable. But grace is what allows us to continue to move on and to continue to grow and to move ourselves back toward that flow of life, back toward harmony, back toward unity with other people. And so to return to my idea of grace as living and dying with ease, lightly and gently upon the earth, I wanted to tell you uh, just a little story of a friend of mine um, who was dying. She lives in my community and we'd known each other for years and she was dying of breast cancer. And so I visited with her many times and was part of her journey throughout her cancer, through her um, recurrence that she had, and then also through her dying process when she went on hospice. And so I had a chance to witness her spiritual struggle with the idea of dying and leaving behind her children and seeing her grapple with each phase of of illness and of the dying process also as she tried to to learn from it and to transcend it and to become the best person she could be even as she was dying which she did accomplish um she she was absolutely radiant and beautiful and pure love in the last weeks of her life it was an amazing thing to see And the very last time that I saw her before she died, she could barely speak over a whisper, but she called me to come closer to her so so I could hear what she wanted to say. And she said, I'm not sad that I'm dying. Is that okay? And I said, yes, yes, that's, that's beautiful because 
you are in this flow of life. You are allowing the process to happen and you are embracing it and accepting it and not resisting, not being angry. I didn't say all of those words to her, but that's what I was thinking at the time. And then she smiled at me and she said, I'm dissolving. And I was blown away to hear that word. And it made so much sense to me because that is what the dying process really looks like to me as if the physical body the ego, the mind, all of the representations of who we think we are dissolve away gradually throughout the dying process. And that it's really this beautiful dissolution as the physical aspect of our bodies and natures and our beings gradually falls apart and fades away to leave behind just our pure souls. And so when I talk about wanting to die with grace, I want to be able to die as Mary Lou did by dissolving away. I want to allow myself to dissolve into my soul, to dissolve into pure love and not resist it and not fight it, but to allow that flow to happen. And for me, that is what dying with grace and dignity will mean for me. Now, I thought of um, the poem by Dylan Thomas, Do Not Go Gently Into That Good Night, where he says, rage, rage against the dying of the light. So I realized that my ideal of dying gently <laughs> dying with grace and dignity, dying lightly and easily within in being in the flow of life, that may not be right for everyone because Dylan Thomas certainly didn't care for that idea at all. He felt that we should love life and cling to life so much that we rage at the prospect of it fading away from us. And so I can accept that. I can accept that other people feel their way of showing honor for this life and what it has meant to them is to fight against dying. And I can honor that completely for other people. It just is not the image that I carry for myself of how I view wanting my dying to be. But there's room for all of that. There's room for everyone to have their own vision and to to see for themselves the path they would like to follow at the end of life and toward their dying. So we've talked about these ideas of being found by grace and supported and nurtured by grace as we move on with our journey through darkness and through pain in this life, um, being shown how to forgive by grace and how to offer forgiveness to others so that we can really lighten our own load and not be carrying a huge burden of blame or resentment through life. And then moving toward our own dying process with gentleness and grace. And I came up with a little mnemonic that I wanted to share to remind us how to live and die with grace. I truly believe that the best shot I have at dying gently and with grace is by learning how to live that way first. And so this mnemonic and these, these factors I'm going to talk about are important in life 
as well as in death, we need to be practicing them and living them now so that we're prepared to utilize them as tools when we begin our own dying process. And so the mnemonic is for the word grace itself. So the letter G stands for gratitude. And there's a little mantra that goes with this idea of gratitude to say, I am grateful for all of life, including this current situation. So developing an ability to be grateful for life itself, no matter where we are, even when we're in times of darkness, even when we're broken on the floor, even when we feel isolated and alone and we can't see or recognize our connections, we can't find grace in our lives to still maintain an attitude of gratitude. And I think that we have to practice gratitude intentionally in order to strengthen our ability to feel it in difficult circumstances. And to do that, I think we really do need some sort of a gratitude practice in life. Maybe it's a gratitude journal where we write down a a few things every day that we're grateful for. Maybe we incorporate it into a time of meditation or prayer where we say thanks. And um, again, that's another definition for grace, a short prayer. And if you have a practice of saying grace before you eat, that's a perfect time to incorporate other things that you're grateful for in life. And I, I think that's a beautiful practice to say just a short prayer of thanks and mealtime what a you know what a nice time to remember three times a day to say thank you not just for the food that nourishes us but grateful that life exists at all grateful that we get to be part of it grateful that we're here and experiencing life in this moment no matter what is happening so i think we need to incorporate a gratitude practice one way or another into our lives whether it's a prayer a meditation journaling Because even in the darkest situations, if we can find something to be grateful for, we actually begin to change our own mindset and we begin to change our perspective of that situation. And simply finding one thing to be grateful for is one way of actually opening our eyes to begin to see the presence of grace in our lives, to begin to see that we are already found. So I think one way of doing this is is to put it on our on our radar and by intentionally on all the good days when we're feeling good or happy um, to utilize a little gratitude practice. And this mantra is one thing. I'm grateful for all of life, including this current situation. That could even be something to wake up with in the morning to say that. So that once we've developed this habit of finding something to be grateful for every day, even on a day that's darker, when we feel down, that habit is still there for us as a tool and something we can utilize so we can return to that state of gratitude more easily. So, okay, the G for grace for this mnemonic stands for gratitude. I'm grateful for all of life, including this current situation. The next letter R stands for release. The mantra is, I release my expectations for how things should have been and accept them as they are. 
Now, this is really describing that practice of forgiveness that we talked about. When we can release our our own disappointment because things didn't go the way we hoped, we didn't get what we wanted, something happened that we would would rather had not occurred. Um, we have an illness now, we've been injured, we've lost something, we've lost another person. Uh, we need to be able to release our attachments to expectations that life should work out the way we want it to. Life should work out the way we've envisioned it or the way we've hoped, the way we think it should be in order to feel gratitude for how things are, the way things are in our lives. And so this ability to release our expectations is what opens the door for us to be forgiving of life and accepting and to push ourselves back into the flow of life instead of resisting life and wishing life wasn't happening the way it is. Being able to release our expectations and our attachments is what allows us to simply relax and let life unfold as it is and go along with the flow like a surfer on a wave. Let it take us wherever it's taking us. So again, the letter R in grace stands for release, and the mantra that accompanies it is, I release my expectations for how things should have been and accept them as they are. So next, the letter A stands for awareness, and the mantra is, I focus my attention on this present moment. And the reason this is important to be able to keep our awareness in the present moment is that we can experience grace and beauty and love and joy in our lives only when we are in the present moment, only when we're, we have our attention and our focus and our energy right here, right now, in this moment. If we've allowed our thoughts to be trapped in the past, rehashing something that happened or didn't happen in the past that we're still upset about, or if we've sent our thoughts off into the future and we're focusing only on something we wish would happen in the future or something we're worrying about that might happen in the future, we're completely missing what is actually happening right now in this moment. So we can't experience joy, love, grace, forgiveness, gratitude. If we are out of the present moment, we need to be able to bring our attention to this moment right here, right now. And so that requires us in a sense to wake up out of the past or future that has trapped our thinking and It's really important to be able to spend a little time every day in stillness because it's within stillness that you can find the present moment. Sometimes we keep ourselves very busy, uh, constantly doing things or listening or watching or reading something or talking with other people constantly in a busy state so that we are not able to actually bring our attention through stillness into the present moment and observe and witness whatever is happening within us or around us in the moment. So spending a little bit of time 
each day cultivating this awareness of the present moment is really essential. Now, this can be this can all be tied together in one simple practice. Um, getting still, using deep breathing, take a few deep breaths, which helps us focus our attention on the present moment. It, it brings our awareness into our physical body first as we watch our lungs expand and contract with each breath. And it helps us be, become still and quiet and present. So that state of awareness is really important. And we need to cultivate it because it's a tool that will come in very handy when we are in our own dying practice. It will be handy for us in all kinds of situations when we're going through pain, when we're assisting other people who are in pain and trying to be there for them. Our awareness and presence is the most essential gift that we can give to others, but also that we can give to ourselves when we're going through a difficult time. So again, if you cultivate this skill of awareness and stillness, focus on the present moment, cultivate that now while you're feeling healthy or happy or things are going well by developing a daily practice you will be able to use it more easily in the future during a dark and painful time when you need something to help you. So to review, G is for gratitude, R is for release, A is for awareness, and the mantra for awareness is, I focus my attention on this present moment. The letter C stands for compassion. And the mantra is, I hold myself and all others in deep love. And so compassion itself is a practice that is vast and that we can work on for an entire lifetime of how to expand our own capacity to feel compassion for ourselves and for other people. So it's a worthwhile practice to incorporate into these daily tools that we're working to cultivate. And the idea is to practice opening our hearts with love toward other people, but particularly toward ourselves. Because oftentimes, we have the greatest difficulty loving ourselves. And we really can't effectively love anyone else until we love ourselves. So focusing on opening our own hearts opening to who we are, accepting who we are, just as we are with our flaws and imperfections, and recognizing that we are where we're supposed to be, and we are enough for the situation that we're in right now. We have what we need. We have been found. We have grace already holding us. And then beginning to feel as much positive regard for ourselves as we can. So this again ties in gratitude, being grateful for who I am right here, right now in this place. It ties in forgiveness, being able to let go to any attachments I have or expectations that I should be different than the person that I actually am. And, and again, of course, being in the present moment. So compassion is another aspect of the daily practice that we're working on. And 
I have done an episode in the past on compassion, and I will uh, link to that in the show notes for this episode. Again, the show notes are at eolupodcast.com, and you can take a look and find a link if you want to listen to a previous episode where I talked in more detail about compassion and how to develop compassion. So that's the letter C. And finally, the letter E stands for equanimity. The mantra is, I seek the place of stillness and calm that exists within me. And so once again, this, this is all about being in the present moment, but cultivating the part of ourselves, the higher wisdom, the higher mind or higher consciousness within us that is always still and always observing us. That when we can get into a state where we're in touch with that higher aspect of ourselves, we can very quickly bring us to that place of stillness in the present moment where we can work on compassion and gratitude and forgiveness. And so learning how to develop this equanimity and find the stillness within us is part of this practice. And all five of these elements go together. As you can see, they're all intertwined. We work on all of them at once. And so I just wanted to um, give you the mnemonic though, so that you could remember which aspect you might need to work on, which tool might you need to emphasize on a particular day or at a particular time. And so equanimity is this ability to remain calm, even in the face of adversity, even when things are going wrong and everything is falling apart. If you can maintain equanimity in these terrible, disastrous times, you will have at your disposal all the other tools we've been talking about. You will have compassion. You will have gratitude. You will have forgiveness. You will have deep awareness if you can can remain calm. And the way to achieve equanimity and the way to strengthen it within yourself again is to develop a daily practice where you seek it and, and seek to be in this place of calmness during the time of your practice. So uh, again, the mantra for equanimity is I seek the place of stillness and calm that exists within me. What's important to notice about this mantra is that you already have a place of stillness and calm within you, even if you're not aware of it, even if you've never experienced it. And even if the if if that sounds foreign to you, you already have that place within you, just as you've already been found by grace, you already have stillness and calm within you, you just may not have discovered it yet. And so the purpose of a practice is to help you open up your mind and your awareness so that you can recognize the stillness that's already there within you. So I'm going to reiterate these five things from this mnemonic for grace, G for gratitude, R, release, A, awareness, C, compassion, E, equanimity, so those five things are the components that I recommend for a daily practice. And, and it may sound like a lot and sound overwhelming, but it can be as simple as spending five minutes when you wake up in the morning 
Take some deep breaths, which will help you get still and focus on the present moment. Think of something you're grateful for. Think of something you need to release that you're holding on to, something you need to let go of or forgive. And think of compassion. And where do you need more compassion in your life for today? Do you need to extend more compassion for yourself for what you're experiencing or going through? Is there another person or a situation in your life that you need more compassion for? And then simply in this brief space and time where you're taking a few breaths, thinking of gratitude, thinking of release of, of letting go what you've been holding on to, thinking of staying in this present moment, and then and then expanding the compassion that, that is within you and sending it out wherever it needs to go. That's a very simple little practice. And again, you could actually do all of that by saying grace, one simple little prayer of grace before a meal. Um, you could actually accomplish all of that in simply before each time you sit down for a meal, just incorporate um, gratitude, release, awareness, compassion, equanimity. And uh, think of those five things as you're saying that simple little prayer before you eat. And that is a practice. That's a practice that's helping you develop these skills and tools and incorporating them into your everyday lifestyle so that you will have them available to you when you really need them. And again, those are the times when you're broken on the floor, when everything appears dark around you, when you're dealing with the unimaginable, the pain that life can bring to us sometimes that we never anticipated, that we are not prepared for. These are the tools that can help us survive and help us get through those times. But also when it's time for our dying and when we are in that process of slowly dissolving and allowing our life to slip away like sand through our fingers, that is the time when these five tools will be essential for us as well. Gratitude, release, awareness, compassion, and equanimity. So by working on them now and strengthening them within us, strengthening our ability to, uh, to utilize these tools, we'll have them available to us in the future when we need them. We can offer them to other people as well, and we can become healers of people around us when we're skilled at utilizing these tools. So this is how how I see it and how I'm looking at the presence of grace in our lives, grace for this dance of life and death and practicing and developing grace in our lives so that it's there to serve us when we reach the end of life. So until we're together the next time, remember that we're here for love. That's what this entire journey is really about, learning how to love others and love ourselves as deeply as possible. So face your fear, be ready for whatever life brings you next, and love each and every moment of your precious life. 
bye bye